When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Well, hello everyone. I am back. I am Matt Williamson. We've been doing uh, going position by position through the Steelers offense and I want to finish it up today on the offensive side of the ball. Let's just dig right into this offensive line. I know a lot of you guys are concerned about it. I understand that. I very much expect it to be better. And a huge thing I just want to get out of the way first, which I think is unbelievably impressive. And I'm not saying this this group is loaded with great players. It's not. And next year's first round pick very well could be a tackle or even a center or they're going out in free agency to look for those things. I mean, I don't know that this thing is solved. But what they've accomplished as a whole is really hard to do and really impressive, and this is what they have, is they have now a unbelievable blend of youth on their offensive line, as well as experience. A lot of these guys have played a lot of snaps, especially considering their age. And yeah, we lived through the the growing pains of Dan Moore and you know, uh, Kendrick Green, but that was by design, you know, to get that year under your belt to prepare for now. So not only is, is the line as a whole young, it's also experienced. I mean, Chooks of Corfor is only 24 years old. It's also very cost controlled. So they have a real chance to develop continuity and they, they can control all these guys' contracts, bring them back if they want next year, move on if they don't. So from that perspective, they have a rare situation here. They could keep this group in line two, three years down the road and let them all grow and develop together. Continuity with offensive lines is unbelievably important. Or, you know, add one thing in or whatever they need. So start with some of the backups and and depth guys. I have some hope for Jake Dixon. You might not know who that is. That's the young man who was undrafted free agent out of Duquesne. He's a very athletic player. Looks like a practice squad stash, and we'll talk about him next year type. Tackle depth to me is really worrisome. I mean, I would be in the market for a Riley Reef or somebody along those lines that's been floating around the league that is serviceable. You know, uh, not even if my worries about a core four or more. It's just you need a third tackle in this league. And right now that's Joe Haig, who I think is a valuable guy. And I think he's probably a little better at guard or tackle. Not quite good enough at either. But if he's your seventh or eighth lineman, I'm cool with that. His versatility, his experience is important and useful. You know, so I'm not saying move on from Haig, but I just wish there was a third true tackle on the team. And Haig on game day is very valuable. A lot of different guys could get hurt that you can insert him in there. So that's important. 
I don't have much use or thoughts about Trent Scott or Chaz Green. I know they have some playing experience. I'll watch them in camp in the preseason, but I would like better than that at tackle. Um, some of the other depth guys of note on the offensive line is more interior dudes. You know, John LeGlue. I mean, was he the ideal guard for the Steelers last year? Of course not. But he got some experience, and if he's your ninth offensive lineman on the roster, okay, maybe you have something there. I think that's sort of true for J.C. Hassenhauer as well, but he's only a center. He can get you out of a game. You know, you can live with him. Um, you got to help him a lot. Okay, you know, I mean, he is what he is, but if he's the, like LeGlue, if he's your last lineman on the roster, you can live with that. You know, Haig, Hassenhauer, LeGlue, I expect all those guys to make the team. And they're not superstars, but depth is hard to come by in this league. Kendrick Green, I'm not projecting him as a starter, so I'm going to lump him in with the depth guys. A lot was asked of him last year. I mean, he only played, what, four or five games at center in the college level, and then they threw him right in the mix as a starter. And he really struggled. I mean, I really liked the draft pick when it happened. He's very athletic. He's got a nastiness to him. I had a buddy on that Illinois staff that just adores him as a player and work ethic. So I do expect Green to get much better. Downfield blocking, he can really run. But too much was asked of him. And, you know, being a center just mentally is unbelievably taxing. And you haven't done it much. You haven't snapped much. People around him didn't help a whole heck of a lot. It would have been great to have a David DeCastro next to him. And I'm sort of making excuses for him. Don't get me wrong. And then there was a book on him, too, is his right hand, his snapping hand. He was way too slow from when the second he moved the football to snap it to getting it up to protect his right shoulder, right side of his body. And the league started catching on and they start putting a big dude right on his right shoulder and attacking that position right away. And he was late to getting his hands in that position. I can excuse that. I mean, that's correctable. He hasn't played a lot of center. And he also struggled with power players. And that doesn't worry me because I know he's not listed as a super big, strong center. But he's plenty strong. He just needs to sink his hips better, get in better position right from the snap. And maybe a move to guard is best for him. I still have a lot of hope for Green, though. And I would hope, I would much rather he won the starting center job as opposed to settling for him to be a guard where he's most likely a backup. But I understand. I mean, if he can't get those center things done, so be it. You couldn't live with how he played last year, and you can't live with that going forward. So he's in an odd situation, and I'll be really watching practice where he takes his most reps. Is he going to fight for a guard spot with Kevin Dotson? Is he going to be your fourth interior guy like a B.J. Finney was on game day? Or can he unseat Mason Cole as a starting center and brings us to Mason Cole? Adequate which is fine. That's an upgrade. Um, he was a tackle at Michigan. He is probably a better pass protector than, you know, uh, masher in the run game, but he's been around the block a little bit smart, taller than you'd probably like, and people can get under his pads, but adequate is good enough for right now. They didn't give him a ton of money. Ideally, he can also play guard. I mean, he could play tackle on a pinch, but you don't want him doing that. Ideally, you want Cole to be your better version of B.J. Finney. That's something Dale and I talk about a lot. You know, that that comes off the bench for either guard or center on game day. Better than Finney was, but not going to, you know, 
be a superstar. Right now at center, he's a placeholder. Again, he's fine. He's adequate. That's better than what they played with last year. I urge you to go to the site and check out my latest article on James Daniels. And it's, I think you'll be really excited about the young man. If you read the whole article, you read the 1200 words or whatever I put together. I stress young. I stress, stress athletic. I know right now he's their best offensive lineman. They got him remarkably cheap. The bears messed with them. I mean, they kept moving them all around on the interior and last year, Finally settled in at right guard where he's going to be for the Steelers and really got better and better and better and better. And he's starting to really hit his potential. Love the James Daniels pickup. I'm still a Kevin Dotson believer as well. I mean, I think their guards in general, especially if you include Green there, are quite good. I think he might have arrived a little early. And I don't know this for a fact that he kind of thought, oh, this NFL stuff's easy. Maybe I don't have to do all the little dirty work. Well, I don't think Coach Tomlin was cool with that. Um, he is a big power player, but I think he's even better in protection than he is the run game. Consistency is an issue. Reliability is an issue. But I'm a Kevin Dotson believer. Um, Chooks Okorafor, again, he's only 24. I don't think he has a super high ceiling. I think he's probably an adequate right tackle. You would like to be better than that there. Um, they're paying him low-end starter money, and he can get out of the contract quickly. Again, next year's first-round pick might be a tackle, a star type of guy with a higher ceiling. But I think Chooks has proven to be okay. And frankly, I think a new quarterback is going to help this whole group in, in general, to be honest with you. Maybe not with blitz pickup and things like that. And I do want to mention that, too. There are some new parts I would bet there's some communication errors early in the season, some timing errors, when to double team, how long to keep it, all those things that come with continuity, as I mentioned. But that should develop throughout the season. Um, and then Dan Moore Jr. Again, he's a fourth-round pick, exceeded those expectations, You know, starting left tackle. I don't know that he has a high floor. If he could get to the 15th best left tackle in the league, then you really have something there. I thought he was good. I thought he was asked a lot. Uh, far from great, obviously. Daniels, by far, is the best and most valuable of all these offensive linemen, but they have depth, they have youth, they have experience, they have very strong cap situation with their line. Do I have some doubts about it? Of course, especially at tackle, but I expect it to be better. to the wide receivers, too, to finish up the offense. So some of the depth guys there. Steven Sims, he's been around the league a little bit. I think he could potentially help out. Um, I'm not sure where his spot is, but a name to know. I could see him having a quite productive preseason, to be honest with you, against backup-type defensive backs. Cody White's gotten around. You know, he's gotten a shot, and... Has some toughness, certainly has some work ethic, you know, strength and good special teamer. That's highly important. People don't always think about this, but if you're the fourth or fifth receiver on a team, you pretty much have to be a special teamer. 
Otherwise, you don't get your jersey dirty. And a lot of those guys never played special teams with the exception of maybe returning punts in college, let alone high, certainly in high school. Which brings us to Gunnar Olszewski, who he's your new uh, Matikavich. You know, I mean, he's he's here for special teams. Gunnar, run down on the edges and kickoff, can certainly be a good returner for you. The Steelers have three or four of those guys every year that they're paying a couple million bucks that are proven special teamers. That's him. If he sees the offense, it'll be as a pure stereotypical slot type, but you could do better than that. I hope he doesn't see the offense. He came out of his breaks as a receiver in minicamp and stuff a little bit better than I thought, a little quicker, but he is a special teamer, folks. Miles Boykin picked him up from the Ravens. Um, didn't work out there. I don't exactly know why. And I also need to figure out, does he help out on special teams at all? Uh, my hunch is he doesn't or isn't great at it, but I will look into that for sure because that'll be key for him. He's a lot like Chase Claypool. I mean, a lot a Notre Dame guy in that Claypool's better. But I mean, they're very big and he's very fast. I mean, he's a big, strong, fast dude that had some highlights at Notre Dame, but probably got drafted too high because of combine, which is a mistake at the receiver position. But new, you know, new situation. I'm sure he'll show up big time in preseason. Kind of a wild card. I very much condone picking him up. Same with Anthony Miller. I mean, Anthony Miller is another one of these bears, Daniels and Trubisky that. Fell out of favor in a bad situation, but he's been productive in this league. I mean, pure slot. He is the stereotypical slot guy. And we'll talk about what they do at the slot going forward. I think it's going to be Chase Claypool. But if they're going to look for a prototypical slot, it might be Miller. If you go look at his stats, he's put up numbers in this league. I think he's going to be an NFL player, where whether it's here or elsewhere. He doesn't help you a lot on special teams. Yeah, he has some return skills, but I mean that he's not a ideal core Darius Hayward Bay return, you know, special teamer type guy. But I think he's an NFL slot receiver all day long, and that has value. Um, you may have read my article on Austin as well as Pickens on, on DK Pittsburgh Sports. Then the Austin pick was my favorite of the entire draft, and. He's little, but he's not tree archer, guys. I mean, he's little, he's extremely fast, massive track background that you know translates to the football field. Sure, he'll do some gadget jet sweep Matt Canada stuff, but I don't want him carrying the ball a lot because he's going to not, I mean, he's not going to break any tackles. I immediately think he's a much better version of Ray Ray McLeod, but I also think he's much more than that because well over 90% of his catches in college, came as an outside receiver, a traditional lineup outside the numbers versus press coverage receiver, even though everyone was keying on him after a while. That's really important to me. I mean, will he be able to translate that to the next level at his size? We'll see. Um, will he be a McLeod slot only gadgety guy? I think he has that down pat, but isn't going to break tackles or be a power player. But if he can do more especially in four receiver sets, which they didn't do a lot of, but maybe they will. Or just, you know, an extra guy, a, a different element that they, you know, it's a big play option. But he's a route runner, too. He's not just a gadget guy, folks. George Pickens, to me, maybe there's some off-the-field stuff there. I mean, I know there is. But it, what I've been told is it's a lot of it was immaturity, being a superstar recruit, early you know, uh, success at a huge program, 
kind of an entitlement. People, not a lot of people saying no to him throughout his life. And also mixed with an extreme competitiveness. I mean, I don't want to say Antonio Brown, but fights you and works extremely hard and loves to block and, you know, has had some sideline blowups and things like that at Georgia. But it was when he wanted the ball and he thought he deserved it and, you know, won it out of competitiveness and to win and, and there's a team mentality. So I think that Mike Tomlin in particular, but this team can harness that. I think he's the most talented receiver in the entire draft with the highest ceiling of any rookie receiver, including the first rounders, including the Ohio State guys. Maybe not Jamison Williams, but I think he has a chance to be fantastic. And I'm not just blowing smoke to get you guys excited. I just think he has a chance to be fantastic, potentially a number one NFL receiver and has just so much ability. And we've already seen it at a high level. Very good breakout, early breakout age at Georgia. They didn't throw the ball a ton. Injuries derailed his career there a little bit, but really star potential. I still think Chase Claypool has star potential. Um, I mean, just numbers-wise, everybody loved him his rookie year. Everybody seemed to hate him his second year. And numbers-wise, the only thing that really changed was he just caught a lot less touchdowns, which can be very up and down to begin with. Um, I don't think the way they used him helped him, and he didn't help that cause either. A lot of go balls down the right sideline when everyone knew that was the only way the Steelers would threaten the ball down the field. And he's on the ground too much, and there's probably some immaturity there. I wish his ball skills were better playing the ball in the air for such a big, strong guy. But we've seen him do a lot of really good things. So I think it's a pivotal year for him. I expect him to be better on tape than he was a year ago. And I mentioned it. I, I think Deontay and Pickens will be your true outside receivers in three receiver sets, which they use a ton of. And Claypool's going to be your power slot, who could be a vertical slot. Isn't all that much different than Cal Pitts or Mike Gusecki or somebody like that as well, or even Travis Kelsey? If he will block and stick his nose in the run game, which he did at Notre Dame and he doesn't here, and I don't understand why, and that needs to change, and that was a huge thing Juju brought to the table. I think he could be a very valuable player. I know we're not talking fantasy here, but he goes so late in fantasy. I'm grabbing him left and right. I expect him to have a quality season. And targets out of the slot are worth a lot. And I think that they can scheme him up out of the slot, a different style, nothing like a Welker or Edelman. But I'm a, I'm a Claypool believer. Um, there were some things you didn't like though last year. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Deontay Johnson. He's their best guy versus man coverage. He's their best route runner. Targets are earned. Yeah, he was Ben's whoopee. That's a uh, Mr. Mom reference, by the way. And a lot of short throws, get it out of Ben's hands. He trusted Johnson. But Ben's no dummy. Say what you want about him late in his career. He knew where to go with the football. And Johnson was the guy that gets open on this team, you know, consistently, even with people scheming around him. Um, definitely their best guy against man coverage, which is a huge indicator to me and maybe the most important thing I want to see out of wide receiver play. Um, he will be the number one again. He will lead the team in targets again. I think his dot average depth of target, will go up. I think his targets will go down a little because there's a lot of mouths to feed here. 
And I don't think they're going to throw the ball as much. You know, I mean, they're not going to be at the top of the league in pass attempts. So I do expect to see him on crossers and in-cutting routes, you know, traditional out routes. Like, it blows me away. I mean, this is a, more of a scheme thing and a bend thing. But how often did they used to complete Antonio Brown out routes or first downs? You know, simple NFL out routes. We haven't seen that for like three years around here. You know, back foot hits, ball comes out. The yard passes the first down markers, first down. I mean, that stuff's almost impossible to cover. And Johnson can thrive doing that kind of stuff. That's just one example. I mean, we must not have seen traditional pass patterns. And I think Johnson will be great with that. The question here with him is what do you pay him? How do you handle the contract? And that maybe is a whole different podcast. I lean towards franchise him at the end of the year, you know. That'll be a little pricey. Uh, wide receiver number is going to go through the roof of the franchise tag because all these big contracts they were signed. I can't quite get on board with giving him an A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin type contract. But if he can come in at 80%, 85% of that, I think he's very, very valuable, especially for a young quarterback. He's going to be like Ben, Trubisky or Pickett's will be for the next couple of years as well. So maybe a slight overpay, especially with this wide receiver market that's going through the roof. I am fine with. He has deserved it. His work ethic is tremendous. He's always the last guy after practice, kind of in an Antonio Brown-like manner. Yeah, you're probably saying, what about the drops? Well, it's not great. I mean, don't get me wrong. But if you look at his career, there's two different clusters, especially two years ago, where he was dropping the ball, you know, and not start to finish throughout the season, but in a couple games in a row. And I'm sure it got in his head. He absolutely is working on it with these tennis ball things, all these different drills. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, here's my thoughts on drops as a, in, in general, and this applies to Johnson. I mentioned Welker earlier, Amendola, Edelman. Those guys were always at the top of the league in drops. Well, why? Well, because the ball is coming on them hot, you know, very short routes, and they're not getting bumped out of bounds by 180-pound corners. They're getting smacked in the teeth in heavy traffic by linebackers and strong safeties and even defensive linemen. So, of course, you're going to drop more balls in traffic when the ball's on you immediately and less time to adjust to it. And that was a big thing with, with Johnson. I think if he's running longer developing routes, you'll see less drops. I don't think he's ever going to be the best ball skills guy in the league or the softest hands in the league. But in general, drops go to guys that, as I said, earn targets. You know, I mean, guys don't have high drop numbers if they're not getting targeted because they can't get open. He does the hard stuff. He gets open. That That's the hardest thing to find. So I'm in favor of paying Johnson. I think I would probably give him a long-term deal. But depending how those negotiations go, I'd be comfortable with hanging with them this year, franchising them as a bit of an overpay and see where you sit at that point. They do have a ton of cap space. They can easily afford him. He hasn't made a ton of money yet in the league, so maybe you can get him at a discount right now. You know, the his bank account's not flooded by NFL standards yet. You know, it is a mid-round pick, you know, third-round pick. So now might be the time to strike. Um, if the season's a disaster – or if Pickens looks like a superstar or they look like, wow, Austin's really good, I would consider trading him. I mean, I think that's a <clears throat> an option. But I want a lot in return. I mean, a second plus, you know, maybe a first. I mean, I think he's that type of receiver. He's not, you're not going to get A.J. Brown compensation. 
but I would consider it. It would have to be the right deal, maybe at the trade deadline, if the Steelers season's kind of gone in the toilet and you're not going to win this year and you're off on contract negotiations, that would make some sense to me. Someone have to blow my doors off now, though, to get Johnson away from me. So, all in all, I think the receiving group's pretty good. And I think the, the arrow's pointing up on the receiving group. I think the arrow's pointing up on the offensive line, but it doesn't have a real high ceiling. Obviously, the receiver group has a much higher ceiling. But I do think all those are improved. And I just wanted to show you kind of the plan that they have at both these positions. Get in the minds of the decision makers for the Steelers. It's kind of... What I bring to the table here and having, you know, I think that way, to be honest with you. But that's a wrap for this week. Uh, we'll dig into the defense going forward. Thanks so much. Uh, drop me a line on Twitter at Williamson NFL. Check out all my stuff on the site. Um, and it's been a blast. It's been good stuff. So thanks again. Take care.